All right, everybody, well, listeners out there, welcome to the next installment of uh, the Takeover right here on Buddy Guy Radio. I'm your host, Mighty Quinn. Happy Friday night to everybody. We've got a very, very special guest on the air tonight. Everybody give it up out there in Radio Land for my very good friend, Mr. Kenny Kinsey. Together. Right. 
Okay. This is where we rehearse. This is where we do everything. Okay. Yeah. Very good. I'll show you. That's it. Okay. <laughs> when I was about three or four, that, the first beat he showed me was like a Jimmy Reed kind of groove. And from that Jimmy Reed groove, I could play like about 25 songs, speed it up, slow it down, shuffle it. take us to clubs to hear a lot of artists that would be coming through town so I got a chance to see a lot of people you know a lot of blues artists because they used to come through Gary every time they come through Chicago they definitely they would come to Gary ce sera la dernière étape de mon voyage je rentre. Mon vieux rêve est devenu réalité. Je sais que je reviendrai et je retrouverai de nouveau ces musiciens qui, sans le savoir, perpétuent et renouvellent une tradition qui a tant contribué à l'image de l'Amérique. Celle de la musique au coin des rues, des guitares électriques, du rock et des blue jeans. Can't take 
bass player, been playing all over the world, been and doing a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, playing now, Kenny. Let me ask you a question before we get into the questions here. Did you ever mm. play bass in the band with your dad back in the day with Big Big Daddy? Sure, yeah, yeah. Okay, from from the time that Big Daddy Kenzie and the Kenzie Report formed, mm-hmm. which was the early '80s, uh, probably before we started uh, recording. Okay. We did shows up under that name probably like in I don't know 80 83 uh yeah 83 we nice. were doing shows around Gary yeah okay and then and you've been doing you've been doing we'll talk about this in the show but you've been doing the Kinsey Report you've been also in Funky Mojo Daddy right. uh, and, and what other bands you've been involved in Kenny uh those are my two primary bands I've you know I've sat in with uh, numerous other people or you know, done shows here and there with different people, Magic Slim, uh, you know, Wayne Baker Brooks. I've done shows, I, I tour with Wayne Baker Brooks, Jerry Hunt. Uh, we do some Chicago land shows. So, uh, but I, was, I would say outside of, of Funky Mojo Daddy and, and nice. King's Report, Wayne Baker Brooks is probably my other kind of steady gig that yeah, I I've do. seen you playing with, with Wayne out there in mm-hmm. different places. Yeah, Just can't say no. 
guess I'm bragging, but the girl belonged to me. Hey, fella, I just can't say no. playing uh bass in middle school uh i took it seriously in high school i went when i uh went to lou wallace high school in gary indiana okay uh they had a jazz uh music program there and uh i want you know i want obviously want to get involved in anything that was music and at that time as long as you had your basic classes all your electives could be whatever you wanted to so nice in the evening time and the the second half of the day after lunch hour, whatever, you know, two or three classes, four classes you had, that was pretty much my choice. Not had everything was music, choir, uh, theory, jazz band. And uh the teacher there, man, I he's still he's still my mentor now, uh Tillman Books. Uh, he told me to come out. He knew my family, he told me to come out and uh, you know, trial for the bass position in the jazz band and at that time you had to oh, read nice. music and man I, I didn't I didn't know how to read music but he knew I had a feel for jazz blues stuff okay he said and he just he just put something he said you know he just tested my ear at first and uh so I played he said all right over the summer because I was freshman he said over the summer I teach you how to read sophomore year you'll be ready and that's nice. that's what happened and I learned how to uh I learned that was a big step because I learned the language of music. I had already been, always been around my brothers and, and other musicians, my dad. And, you know, they get to talking, you know, chordal changes and, you know, play this, play a G minus here and stuff. And I wanted to know exactly what they was talking about. Okay. okay. So that was a big step in my education. And, and for the last, you know, my, obviously my sophomore, junior, senior year, I, I was in the jazz band, but I started doing shows with my dad as a result. Wow, that's cool. My junior year, my the summer of uh, my junior year going up into my senior year of high school, I started doing shows down at the Gary Sheridan Hotel at the time. They had Sheridan Hotel downtown Gary. Yeah. And we started doing shows down there on the weekends. Wow. And uh, so I, I knew I could hang. And then my, then my, uh, my brother's, 
And my dad, they produced the Bad Situation album, which they started working on that in 83, 84, I believe. That's a great, great record. And uh, so that was my first recording.
memorable or favorite performances? Now, it could be back with your dad. It could be yeah. as recently as the other night when I saw you out there at Elm. So tell me, yeah. about some of them. what are some of your most memorable performances, my friend? Yeah, it, it would have to be some. There's so many that uh, mm-hmm. that I will remember and would love to have the opportunity to go back and do again. I guess the one uh, that sticks in my mind is uh, – Big Daddy Kenzie and the Kenzie Report, we did Montrose Jazz Fest in Switzerland. Oh, wow, how cool. Uh, okay. We did that back in, I think, 97. Uh, so that was that was a major one that will always sticks out in my, stick out in my mind. Nice, uh, nice. Uh, we toured. I guess lo- going to different places. Uh, went to Japan. That was a major, that was a major event. Uh that I would never forget. We did some shows over there. Um, you know, we did, I uh, went to Australia, did some shows, Kids Report did some shows, festivals down there. So you've so, been yeah, all around the world, man. Yeah, look, uh, been blessed, man. Been really blessed. The blues has has taken me and my family all over the world.
great music now? Not as well as I used to. I used to okay. be able, you could drop a chart in front of me and I could, you know, I could just, you know, play play whatever's in front of me. But it, it's funny too, because right after high school is when uh, the band Big Daddy Kins and the Kins Report, you know, broke. And, uh, and the band, you know, we wasn't really, um, you know, I wasn't really playing jazz anymore or required anything that I was doing sure. wasn't required to read charts anymore. Sure. So, you know, it's just like anything else. If you don't use it, you'll lose it. And so, yeah, man, you know, for the longest, I, you know, I would pull out my charts just to stay up on it. But, you know, but it, as time go on, luckily I was blessed to be busy and, uh, you know, and we was, you know, recording heavily at that time, recording Ken's Report records and recording Big Daddy Kenzie records, but none of that required reading charts. So I just kind of, you know, lost that, lost that, that feel for it. But the theory and the knowledge and the communication skills, you know, I, I, I you know, I, obviously I still
right into what we're doing here. How and why did you pick up the guitar? <laughs> a lot of people, a lot of people ask that uh, because my brothers, Ralph is a drummer, Donald's a guitar player, and they think you know I just happen to pick up the bass because you know that would make a rhythm section. But right, what happened is that uh, is down through the years I was. I think I, I think the first instrument I picked up actually in elementary school was a, just a snare drum. A snare drum, I you know played that in like the little school mm-hmm. shows and stuff mm-hmm. they had at at, at at grade school. And then I think I went through a phase there where I wanted to blow the horn. Okay. For a minute, trumpet for a minute. Okay. But uh, before I got involved in actually playing, my dad. They always rehearsed at our houses, you know, the band, you know, Big Daddy sure. Kenzie and different sure. Soul Satisfactions and stuff. Yeah. They, they always rehearsed at the house, at my dad's house, and they would always leave, you know, the equipment there and, and a lot of times the instruments there. Nice. So I would go downstairs and I don't know, I was just, at that time, I think, too, what, what happened is that Larry Graham and the whole 70s funk thing was really, like, hitting hard, man. Everybody nice. was everybody's, you know, just stopping the stuff. Yeah. And so uh, I just picked up the bass player's bass one day and just, you know, he would say, cool, go ahead and play it, man. Whatever you want to do. So he would leave it and I go down there and just mimic what he was doing. Right on. But I got scared one day because I, I I broke one of his strings. I busted one of his strings out there. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I guess I guess yeah. I I, you know, I didn't get in trouble, but I was I was scared that I was going to get in trouble and stuff. We, and uh, but I think that was the first time that uh, that I that I was like basis for me and stuff, you know. Nice. And, you must uh, have been hitting the bass pretty hard, man, because they're not yeah, strings to break. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You well, you know, I'm I'm trying to do the whole popping, slapping thing and stuff, you know, and not have no technique down. I don't know, oh. you know, I'm just pulling and popping and carrying out and that's what happened and stuff but uh i think that's when the bass book really hit me and uh it just kind of stayed with me
what my style is and, how, and where it came from is that being the youngest uh, and probably, you know, just, yeah, being the youngest, okay. my, my dad, my brothers, or whoever was, you know, playing with my family just told me, play this. Okay. Yeah, and stay here. You know, so okay. that makes sense. And that and that's what I did. And that's where I learned how to like lock in. You hear the terms lock in, pocket, yeah. you know, stay in the groove. Uh, you know, and it was kind of it for me, it wasn't that's you know, it was I, the band was there, we was killing it and stuff, you know. Right, right. But probably to other bass players, it probably like, man, this dude is not, you know, he's not he's not putting no sauce or nothing on it and stuff, you know. Right. Other than what the song is now, if the song has sauce on it, then I play whatever the song was. Okay. Uh, but I didn't step out of my lane too much because you know, you know, my my, you know, you, you stepped out, played the wrong thing. You know, you gonna get Big Daddy looking at you or somebody like, you know, you don't yeah. want that and stuff. Yeah. So, but I found though over the years is that being being a solid bass player. And and giving the the guitar player or the front person what they want, right? Is is, is value is valuable. Keeping that pocket tight, keeping the keeping the groove tight. And tight.
stage presence and showmanship, who do you pattern your style after, if you do, and who are some of your better influences? <laughs> I mean, I know who you named your dog after, so I have a pretty good idea who that yeah, guy is. So. But, you know, but you know what, though? I didn't, uh, for his influences, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of, lot of players and stuff, uh, you know, Jocko, Stanley Clark. Right. You know, but my guys, though, that I, I – um, Surprisingly, with you know Nathan East, yeah, is probably my top uh, bass player that I watch. And oh follow. man, I put him right up there too. Yeah, yeah, more and, and and once again, it goes back to my style of play. You know, where's solid. You know, can can you know he you can see him playing behind anybody, any right. genre of music. Um, uh, you know, he sings a little bit and stuff. You know. So I kind of, you know, and the, the the singer, the singer bass players, you know, like Sting, Paul mm -hmm. McCartney, because it, it's a different to me. Uh, it's a different animal playing bass and trying to sing at the same time, because uh, as a bass player, you're you're the backbone. You and the drummer is the backbone of the right. group, right? So and you got and once again talking about being solid. You have to stay solid in the pocket, right? So, but and if you're trying to sing, you know, you're trying to sing and be expressive and show some, you know, some feel on the song with your singing and not be so straight, you know. So, but at the same time, you got that one part of your brain got to be solid, right? But when you're trying to sing, you got to be like, oh, you know, stretch, yeah, stretch, yeah. trying to stretch your notes and everything and stuff. Yeah. You know, so I give a lot of respect to guys that do that. Nice. Uh, because that's what I do.
classic rock, whether it's all different genres of music, it all comes from the blues. Yeah, and I think that, you know, I think that was one of your questions is that, you know, when when the blues, when all these other things have came and gone, the blues is going to still be right here. You know, it may not, it may not be, it may not be mass primetime TV right. stuff, but it's going to always be here. And if you... <clears throat> If you can just stick with it, hang in there, and stay, 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 you know, visible, stay good. Uh, it's gonna come around to you. It's gonna right come on. around to you. You just gotta hang in there, man. Yeah. 
Yeah. 